0: Welcome! Good to have you! Good to have you on board today. Uh, A special day today. No Mike Clements, and the only shoes that can be filled for Mike Clements you got to go bigger. You go bigger, you go home. And the guy has a book out. It is called Jerry Kramer. It's written by Bob Fox. It's called Run to Win. And if you're watching on the live stream, there it is. Uh, My Packers life from Lombardi to Canton. The man himself. Uh, Good friend, Jerry Kramer, joining us on the line. Jerry, how are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, I uh, seem to be aging a little bit. I'm not (laughs) quite sure what that process is, but... I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Good to have you as always. So, uh, let me ask you this: Let's start out right away. When the thought of writing another book, you did instant replay years ago with Dick Shap. This one, the forwards written by Jeremy Shap. But when you wanted to put this, uh, uh, you know, all your thoughts into into a book, tell me why.
1: Well, you know, we talk, what, in the other books we had talked a lot about football, and there were so many wonderful. Things that happened to me outside of football uh, with uh, George C. Scott and Dick Zanuck and on and on and on. And so I just some of the stories I thought were a great thrill for me uh, to be in that position. And I just thought I would share them with the folks about the, the, that little portion of my life that they had no information about.
0: You know, it's in reading the book, and you and I have talked about this, but in reading the book, it reminds me that you get drafted, you're on your way to Green Bay, you get to Green Bay, and you thought at one point you might not even be with the team. Like, you go from being a guy that you were worried about even having a job and playing your way off the team to where you are today. Talk about that process, that's early process.
1: Well, Coach Lombardi, you know, the first year uh, was – very questionable about whether I would be there or not. And coach, that was before Coach Lombardi arrived. And uh, they had like five veteran guards. So it, uh, my my coach at the, the college all-star game had said, Jerry, you're probably not going to make that team in Green Bay, but you can play somewhere. So don't get discouraged. So I go to Green Bay and I'm whistling and looking over the fence and Skipping and hopping around, waiting to be traded. And Scooter McLean was our coach at that time. And he, after a week or so, he calls me in. He goes, "What is wrong with you?" And I said, "What do you mean, coach?" He said, "Well, you're looking over the fence here. You're looking at this. You're paying attention to other things than football. Uh, Where's your mind? What are you thinking about?" I said, "Well, coach, I'm waiting to be traded." What do you mean you're waiting to be traded? Well my college all-star coach told me I'd probably be traded. He said, well, I didn't draft you to trade you. you're starting. So he started me and we traded two guards to the New York Giants and they started for the New York Giants. So that we got over that hump and uh, then the season was a, a long and difficult season. It was a one, ten and one season, which wasn't a lot of fun. And the folks uh, in Green Bay didn't appreciate it very much. Green Bay, of course, is a small town, and everybody knows you. And if you go in and have a beer or something, everybody in town knows you're having a beer. And so anything you do is uh, kind of maybe underground, but it's, it's discussed by most of the folks in that neighborhood. They're great fans but they want their teams to win and they want their teams to want to win. They want them to be a certain uh, type of person. So then the, the coach Lombardi era started and that was a whole new beginning for me. Uh, I remember the first time he really got my attention and focused on me. I was uh, in a scrimmage and I missed a block and about five plays later, I jumped offside. and he came running across the field to the practice, to the scrimmage area. And he got about three inches from my nose. And he said, Mr. Concentration period of a college student is five minutes. High school is three minutes. Kindergarten is 30 seconds and you don't have that. So where's that put you? <laughs> well, it put me checking my shoe shine. I'm oh, I'm looking at my shoes and the grass and the worms and the bugs and wondering what 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 I'm going to do next. And practice ends pretty quickly after that, and I go up to the locker room and shuck my shoulder pads off and my helmet, put my elbow in my hand, elbow on my knee, chin in my hand, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next. Am I going to go home to Idaho, or is there a chance to play for somebody else? Or I've been there 45 minutes to an hour deep in thought and really down on the bottom of the bucket. And the coach walks in from the exercises he was doing with the wide receivers and Bart, and he sees me down at the end of the locker room. So he comes down and he slaps me on the back of the neck and pushes my shoulders and messes up my hair. And he he said, son, one of these days you're going to be the best guard in football. And it was like a shot of adrenaline. It was like just a a medical shot that just ran a a lightning bolt through my system. And it gave me a, a dream and it gave me a mission and it gave me so much confidence in myself thinking that he believed in me, and he was willing to say that. So he had a dramatic impact on my life.
0: When you think about the talent that you played with, and everybody had an effect on everybody else, from Bart Starr to Paul Horning to Max McGee, Fuzzy Thurston, Skaronsky, Nitschke, I mean, I can go through that whole list who affected you or how did you affect others Jerry because in this book you talk about all these guys and and the experiences that you had with them who who do you look at, I mean who do you look at and go you know what I th- this this was the guy or these were the guys that affected my life the most
1: well i guess probably it was my offensive line guys it was uh, Ringo or Bobo at center and it was Fuzzy, of course, uh, he and I ran that suite together for many years. And, of course, Force Gregg was right next to me and Bob Skoronsky on the other side. So we had a, a wonderful offensive line. And we pulled for one another and coached one another and enjoyed one another and had a, had a friendship as well as a professional relationship. And Horning was always a kick in the pants and Max McGee with his quick wit. Uh, Ron Kramer with his uh, antics. He, uh, we used to have a beer once in a while with Ron, and you'd look over and he'd have the glass balanced on his head, and he's down the dance floor dancing with the glass on his head. So everybody uh, had a respect for the team and for the organization and wanted to make a contribution. It was a tight-knit, close football team, and a close bunch of guys who were having a wonderful experience. And we just wanted so much to support the team and to be a positive impact on the team that we, that was our, our main thoughts and our main objective is to, to not bring the t- team down, to not cause them difficulties. And Coach Lombardi uh, <laughs> agreed with that philosophy wholeheartedly. And he was uh, the master at uh, the um, attitude and the you know, your feelings and your emotions. He played us like a flute sometimes up and down and but he he, he, emo- he created a, a an energy with that emotion. Once he got you high, then he praised you he never never would uh, give you a chewing. And, and, and leave. He always uh, came back to you after practice or after the meeting or after the, whatever the situation was and then pumped you up a little bit. So it was so difficult and so distasteful to be uh, chewed in front of the team that when he told you the good part and told you you could be a player and you could really make a difference, It was like a a release from prison, kind of, that uh, it was a wonderful thing. And you never wanted him to chew you that way again. So you gave every ounce of effort and every ounce of ability you had to avoid Coach Lombardi's wrath.
0: Did you realize, I mean, obviously not at the time, but as the years went on, you guys were young. You guys grew up together. You grew into your own personalities together. But you guys also went through a lot. I mean, you tell the story about how you know, Bart, you weren't sure if Bart was even going to be the leader of the team, and then he had a conversation with Lombardi, and then he ended up getting punched in the mouth down in Chicago, and all of a sudden the respect starts to brim, but you guys dealt with stuff on the field, you, you dealt with certainly a lot of stuff off the field with the personalities, you even dealt with race relations going back because Lombardi wanted to make sure everybody lived harmoniously, so you guys dealt with so much and were pioneers in so much, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, we did have four or five quarterbacks uh early on and bart was uh the quiet guy bart was confident he was intelligent he was not a long ball thrower but he was a very accurate thrower and uh i remember one of our first games where we were playing uh, uh the giants in the 62 championship and i was kicking and uh I I uh, was nervous about being in Yankee Stadium in the home of legends and so many wonderful sporting events and boxing events and on and on and on. And so uh, I made my I was kicking and I hadn't done a lot of kicking at that point, but it was pretty emotional. So I made a point of keeping my head down and following through and looking up late, if at all. So I kicked one early from about 25, 30 yards out, and the wind was blowing maybe 40 miles an hour. So when I looked up, the ball was outside the goalpost, and the official had his arms in the air signaling good. And I said, what the hell is he doing? And Bart was standing there close to me when I said that. And he looked at me and he said, shut up and get off the field. And I said, (laughs) yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. So uh, he did the same thing down in Chicago in the first game when Bill George hit him in the mouth and cut his lip and he's bleeding like a stuck hog. And I said, Bart, you better go get sewed up. He said, shut up and get in the huddle. So Bart came of age on the field, and he was a wonderful ball player and a beautiful human being.
0: When uh, later in the book, and I know we only have a few minutes left, but later in the book, you talked about things off the field. You talked about encounters with celebrities. You talk about, you know, your charitable work and everything you've done, not just in Green Bay, but things that you've done back in Boise, things you've done all over the country, getting involved with the Lombardi legends. I mean, so many things that you have done outside of football, but that window allowed you to kind of enter that football window allowed you to enter all of that. And you, you also address all of that in the book.
1: Yeah, it was a, it it was a fun part of the situation. It was, uh, unexpected. Uh, like, uh, I had a, my father used to read poetry to us when I was six, seven, eight years old. And, uh, I enjoyed poetry, and I used to read to Jimmy and Willie once in a while. And uh, we were uh, uh, having a game against uh, Chicago. Now I, I lost my train of thought. You know, I'm, that's
0: okay. You were talking about celebrities uh, and charity and people you've met and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: So, so the Rod McEwen thing was, uh, we were having dinner one night in L.A., and he said, Jerry. Uh, frank Sinatra is doing a double album of my my uh poems tonight would you like to go hear him record and i goes live he's, he's he's in in the studio yeah he's just about five minutes from here i said i'd love to hear Sinatra record i'm one of his biggest fans i love his music so we got up and went over to the studio and Frank was singing a song called Two Can Dream a Dream Together. And he's going, two can dream a dream together. Two can dream a dream together. Two can dream a dream together. together." And I think he's beating it up a little bit. And so when he comes over to say hello, we shake hands and say hello. And I said, Frank, uh, you got to lighten up on that song. I said, you're beating the hell out of it. (laughs) And he looked at me he looked at me and he said, what? I said, that's a beautiful thought. The two can dream a dream together. You got to lighten up on it a little bit. He puts his left hand out about eight inches from my nose and makes a circular motion for about 15 or 20 seconds and erases me. So yeah. I stand there... For- stand there for a minute with my mouth hanging open, wondering what I'm going to do next. And then uh, it hits me that I have just tried to give one of the all-time great singers in the history of the world a tip. And was that a little inappropriate? Well, possibly. It's possible. But I was a big Sinatra fan, and I thought I was helping him out. I was giving him just a little information. So that was a a fun thing to look back on and uh dick zanuck came over to me one night down in acapulco we we're down for new year's eve and celebrating and jerry would you like to come up to my father's new year's eve party tonight and i uh, look at him and i know daryl f zanuck i know the name i know his history and uh I said, gee, I got three or four guys with me, and uh, I couldn't, couldn't leave them alone. And, well, bring them with you. Well, hell, hell we'd love to, love to go to your father's New Year's Eve party. So we uh, headed up that way about 9 o'clock and had a wonderful evening. Helen Gurley Brown, David Brown, Dick Zanuck, uh, and his wife, Joanne, were there, and the big man is there. And so we uh, have a few drinks and have dinner and tell a few stories. And about one o'clock, we start breaking up. And I've got a friend there with me named Bob Rose, who has a 55-foot Chris down in Acapulco Bay. And he's a Santa Monica guy. So he says, hey, why don't we go sailing in Acapulco Bay? And it was a big moonlit night, a monster moon, and it was a soft, gentle breeze, and the water was flat, and the wine was good, and everything seemed to be fine. So we decided to go sailing in Acapulco Bay. And we sailed till six, seven o'clock in the morning. And uh, Dick said, Jerry, I got to get back to the house. I got a lot of stuff to do, and I got to get back to LA. And uh, so we went back in. And uh, I, uh, when I went through, he, Dick left to go back to the studios and work. And I went through L.A. when I left Acapulco. And I called Dick and I said, Dick, can I take you to lunch or dinner? Uh, you and your wife, uh, friends, whoever, I just had a wonderful time. He gave us uh, the use of his uh, complex. When he left Acapulco, we moved in and stayed an extra two weeks. So, ended up having a great time. And uh, he goes, Jerry, I I am just really up against it, and I've got a lot of stuff I got to do. And why don't you come out to the studio and we'll have lunch at the commissary? I said, okay, if that works for you. Well, Helen Gurley and David Brown was there with him. And David took me aside and said, Jerry, we're making a movie about a sheriff down in Tennessee who kind of cleans up the town with a baseball bat. And uh, we think you might fit that role. Would you be interested? And, of course, it was walking tall. Right. And I'm looking at some of the most powerful men in Hollywood and history of the family and everything, and it intimidates me. And I start stuttering and making excuses. Oh no, I've got, I've got, to, I've got to this, and I got to that, and I've got an autograph session, and on and on and on. And I made a, a bunch of excuses and uh, did not uh, did not take a shot at the movie. And that's one of the regrets. Dick was just, a, and Joanne and David and everybody was just sensational about being easy to talk to and friendly and. You know, taking care of us and whatever, uh, but I just uh, was intimidated a, a little bit by the whole situation by Hollywood. So I begged off and went on about my business, and I've regretted that meeting and that response that I uh, gave them ever since.
0: Jerry, it is always a pleasure. I love you like a brother. You know that uh, from all the times we've had a chance to chat. Uh, The book is called Run to Win, My Packer's Life from Lombardi to Canton. All these stories are in here. If I I let you go without telling you this, I would be remiss. But my buddy Joe, you know Joe Hennis, he would rip my face off if he didn't say hi and I didn't say hi for him. But he's listening and wanted to give you a big shout out for all that you do and all that you've done for them. And you're a really good friend. And they say thanks for having them uh, as a part of your life as well. But we wish you nothing thank but the best, Jerry.
1: Thank you very much, and thank Joe for me. He's a
0: great guy. Yeah, absolutely. Jerry, we appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Have a great holiday thank season. You.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: All right, buddy, there you go. That is the great. I could sit and and listen to Jerry. I have had, and I know we're woefully late because our breaks are going to back up, but I, there was, uh, God, uh, Favre was still here. They had not drafted Rodgers yet, so early 2000s. Uh, I had first come and been a part of the network, but I think I'd been here maybe a year or two. And it was a preseason game. Jerry was in town. And um, it's before the renovation of Lambeau Field. And so Jerry had come up by the press box. And then Brian Noble and I walked down with Jerry back in the the smaller, you know, little suite things that they had at the time. And it was Jerry, Brian, and I. And we just sat there. And – and listen to Jerry talk. Now, Brian was a player. I mean, he was, he was in those locker rooms. He's been on that field. You know, Brian and I just sat there, and we'd ask a question, and five minutes later, you'd be done with this story. And not only was it completely Jerry opening up the way he just did, but it was like you were his best friend. And we'd always had a great relationship, but it was – I'll never forget that. It was one of the first times I'd ever met Jerry, and it was like he, he treated you like – you were his brother, and from that moment on, it always had. And I know many of you who are chiming in right now, you know, you have met Jerry in one way, shape, or form and feel the exact same way, but you could just sit there and listen to all the detail and all of the quotes and he's incredibly well-spoken and incredibly well-read and just a, a, and an amazing ambassador for all that was Lombardi and all the success, the majority of success. That a lot of those guys had, where they took the lessons Lombardi gave them on the field, and they then matriculated that through their lives off the field, and it's it's a special group of people at a special moment in time, led by a special man that groomed them all to be special people. It just it's I could just sit there and listen to him for hours and hours and hours. The great Jerry Kramer, more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.
1: Ho, 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 I need a
0: window.
2: Maybe it's cold outside.
0: So where do I go? Ho, ho! Come
2: on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa! Plus, our elves install year-round, and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why
0: not make a New Year's resolution today?
2: That's the spirit, Santa! Pella, no! Pay later! Absolutely! Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See
3: showroom for details. Offer ends 1231-2023.
1: Welcome
0: back. Good to have you, man. Great stuff from Jerry Kramer. Great, great stuff. You can always listen to it. Uh, go back again. Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts. You can re-watch the program over on YouTube as well. Great, great, great stuff. And if you're watching on the live stream, you see it. Sloppy Joes and Smoke on the Water on Okachi Lake. Uh, both fine places to go. But coming up next weekend, Friday and Saturday, the 8th and the 9th, they have got the Christmas concert. That is going to turn into a rock concert both nights, and uh, proceeds are going to benefit benefit Fisher House, Wisconsin. I'm going to be there on Friday night, and cannot wait. Zeno and Joe, and they're going to crank out the music and Christmas carols, traditional, and then rock the house. And for one price, you walk through the door, you get like a champagne glass, and you get a couple of beverages, and they're going to have heavy apps all night long, and uh, then you got, you know, drinks and such after the fact. But we got music, and it's just going to be a great event, great event, and... Not to mention, if you come out and you join us, uh, it also the proceeds go to Fisher House, Wisconsin. We 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 do this because not only is it a great event and you get to hear some Christmas music and have a lot of fun, but then again, we're also helping veterans, military members, and their families. So they're putting their money where their mouth is, their heart where their uh, their heart where their thoughts are, and that is Smoke on the Water on Okachi Lake, and uh, that's Joe Hennis, who I was talking about before to say hi to Jerry Kramer. But if you want more information, go to the Smoke on the Water BBQ Okachi on facebook you can find them on instagram or just go smoke on the water just google it and give them a call and say hey i want to get some tickets and uh, they still have some tickets available for both friday and saturday's edition they're selling fast but they still have some available and we'll see you there because we're i'm bringing a whole we're bringing a whole table and a half uh of friends and people that we want to go to this we're gonna have a lot of fun i'm gonna MC some stuff on friday night but uh we're gonna have a great time so if you want to come out Hang with us, have great music, have some uh, sing-alongs and such. It's going to be a fun time. Fun time. Smoke on the water, Oconchi Lake. Uh, I know we went late, so we got we want to hear from Adam Stenevich uh, coming up. So that we're, we're going to get into that. Uh, however, uh, it, it's interesting. Um, on, on the Brewers beat, Adam McAulvey just posted this, but he had a complex conversation with Pat Murphy, talking about going to the winter meetings, talking about uh, all the travel that he's been doing, and then coming back, he said, "There's, it's Murphy said it's complex. There's a lot of things going on. Now, this was on part of the Unfiltered podcast. There's a lot of collaboration between the front office field personnel and all the people that are involved in the performance and the player development. We're smoothing the lines, if you will, as he said. So that's what's going on. Then personnel who fit our club. That's talked about a whole bunch. Then the systems, how those systems are going to work during the year and how we're going to operate day to day. All of that now is being discussed long and hard. And Murphy kind of went through detailed discussions a couple of weeks ago with the coaching staff, which is returning in its whole, and along with Ricky Weeks. So everybody has a defined role. Everybody knows what they're doing. He said it's a team effort. It really is, and it's not just staying still. We're trying to tweak things. We're trying to adjust things. We're trying to make things flow a little bit smoother like we do every year. We're discussing as much as we can. We're all excited. It's a new time. Uh, but we are all highly, highly excited. And uh, that, is, uh, that is Pat Murphy on the Unfiltered podcast regarding the Brewers. You can go there and check it out with Adam McAlvey and Company. Let's do this. We'll get back into some Packers stuff uh, coming up. Adam Stenovich, the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, he spoke. We want to hear as much of that as we possibly can. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show.
1: Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
4: Who wants it more? Um, there, there's no, I mean, you can have play designs, most for the most part, you're off your script picking up plays here and there. Um, and Coach Reason put us in the best possible position. And Coach Nagy, about the same time, at the end of the day, you've got to go out there and just want it. At, in the second half of football games, it's about who wants it, and then and how can you go out there and execute at a high enough level to win it?
0: There you go. Those are the words of Patrick Mahomes coming into the game this Sunday night. And no, we are not going to hear from Adam Senevich. Uh, we are going to hear from our own Mike Clemens, who uh, got out of the luncheon. He is uh, probably hammered at this point, but we figure we talk to him. What the hell? Mike, how you doing, buddy? No, those are the uh, top 40 jogs
4: from the 60s and 70s that are already, you know, hammered. <laughs> okay. Old-fashioned flying here, man, like cups of milk. But, yeah, I'm down <laughs> at the Saz's. So, uh, Homer's here. I said hi to him. and Steve Palak and all those guys, they say oh, hello you go. to you. So, uh, here's a deal. Uh, Jaden Reed did get on the practice field. That's number 11. That's the wide receiver, so much talent, such a smart kid. And, Bill, on the post-game show, we talked to you uh, that they lost that close game to the Steelers with the ball in their hand. And you walk into the visitor's locker room, and there's five or six of these young receivers of the Packers all sitting in folding chairs in a tight, close circle and, you know, having some kind of a meeting. And it was like an instant breakdown of what the hell went wrong in that game. And so when we got back to Green Bay, it's like, what was that all about? And Jaden Reed said, you know, like after the, the Vikings game, some of the frustration here, it's like, how do we get on the same page? They've been getting together every Tuesday. That's their only day off. These rookies from Romeo Dobbs and, and Watson, Watson and, and the rest of these guys, they're getting together and having these receivers meetings. And so I asked Jaden Reed, what are they getting out of them? Definitely like
1: meeting on Tuesdays with each other. Like I said, we've been doing that the past few weeks. I want to say uh, we started it uh, Minnesota week, maybe. And uh, I just think that helped tremendously just us understanding where everyone is coming from. Uh, we're seeing everything from the same eye when we go out there and play our opponent. And uh, that's definitely, I think, is the main reason uh, we show development the way we prepare. Like, you know, we practice hard. We doing much better executing. Small little penalties are, aren't happening as much anymore, so
0: it's definitely that. You know, Mike, it's interesting because the Packers come off a big win against Detroit, and now they're facing the defending champions. A lot of these young guys have never done that.
4: No, nothing like that. Reed, by the way, I think he's got a rib injury. They're listening in his chest. He didn't want to go into it, but he said he needs need those days off just to, to, to be the best he can be for Sunday night. But, you know, with Luke Musgrave, 88, who was off to such a great star, now lacerated kidney, who knows if he's back before the season's over with, is Tucker Kraft, the kid out of South Dakota, number 85. And, you know, the touchdown reception against the Lions, the excitement in this locker room. And so we've learned about this a couple of years ago. George Kittle, Mercedes Lewis, these other tight ends, they get together. Robert Tunyon was there when he was with Green Bay. It's in Nashville. It's every spring. And so – Tucker Kraft found out from his agency, hey, we're gonna get you into that tight end seminar. And he talked about when he got to meet Travis
0: Kelsey. Uh, I was I was up going up there and the first time I met him, he just walked into the elevator with me and I, you know, rookie from small town, South Dakota. I was like, oh, f- you're Travis Kelsey. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, just a, my first time ever meeting him, dapping him up in an elevator. It was awesome. I literally said that to him. I'm like, oh man, you're Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Like I step on the field, I don't take away from any moment. You know, like we played against the Broncos and I was out there on the field warming up. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That's Russell Wilson. Like, like I don't. You know, I'm a fan. I'm a fangirl until the whistle blows. Um, I'm not gonna take away from anyone's individual success. Those guys are great players and they, they leave legacy And so it's awesome to be able to meet them. My Mike, uh, you know that being said, this offense now it started to really flow against Detroit. Now the question is, can they do it against the top three ranked defense in the National Football League?
4: And even though you've got such a young team that seems to have found some confidence, like you even said that earlier in the show, hell, Green Bay's won three of their last four. You're even seeing it from the younger coaches like Adam Stenovich in his second year as offensive coordinator, and him talking to these players about the challenge on Sunday night.
0: Whether times are good or times are bad, you just have to stay even keeled, you have to be honest about what's happening out there. That's that's the biggest thing. You you talk about just trusting the process, you know, evaluating the film, talking about corrections, correcting errors. No matter if you win or lose. Like it's great, obviously we've won the last two games, but you know, we got the Chiefs coming into town Sunday night football, defending Super Bowl champs, so you can't you can't really look back. You always have to look forward. And whether we would have lost the last game or won the last game doesn't matter. We're just worried about going one and zero this week, and uh, you know playing a really tough opponent. And you know he's right. I mean they got to be able to kind of play big boy football now. And you know to the opposite side of the coin, the defense has to. You know, I it it's got to be as good, if not better, because they got to figure out a way not only contain Travis Kelsey, but the young wide receiver and Patrick Mahomes, and not allow him to kind of improvise.
4: Right, and you know the game plan uh, for the season was Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes on the corners. You've been getting by with these rookies covering these teams the last couple of months. Now is going to be their greatest challenge against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Joe Barry, when we were in Cincinnati, covered the preseason game Bengals gets – the Packers, and I told you about five minutes before the kick, what's Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, doing there getting a bowl of skyline? And then I realized he ain't going to be down on the field. He's going to the the coach's box, which was something different. And so we asked Joe Barry, all right, since you've been up up top, do you think you're a better defensive coordinator in game?
3: I I mean, I, I will answer it in the sense that I've told you guys from the very first time I really do enjoy being up there calling the game. Um, so many other, you know, elements to the game that you can have when you're up there compared to. Now there's parts of it that I that I miss too. The 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 interaction with guys. The you know being able to grab an iPad and go down and sit next to Dre and draw something up with him. But yeah, I, I think it's been a great experience and and I love it. I'd, I'd like to think that it's not the you know I'd like to think if I was you know 2021 we won 13 games and I was on the sidelines so.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's obviously helped a little bit. I mean, their numbers are just that much better. So, you know, now the question becomes for all the people that are out there wanting to see Joe Barry fired, what are the feelings right now? Because the defense is, has not been, for the most part of the season, the problem.
4: No, and the defense, this, this defense has kept these teams at 20 points or less and been blown out yet. But, you know, people, unless your defense is creating turnovers, Getting interceptions, scoring touchdowns, ripping the helmets off of quarterbacks they, you know, they're bloodthirsty and they want more. So you ask Joe Barry, what do you think about when you see things like hashtag, hashtag fire Joe Barry?
3: I've had this conversation with you guys before, and I've tried to paint the picture that, you know, everything goes into that, that four-hour block on game day, literally every, you know, minute of the day. Uh, Monday through Saturday and It's for for everybody involved, you know, not only people calling the game, but people playing the game the coaches I mean everybody fans it's It's hard when things don't go well in that four-hour block on Sundays But that's that's what the league is that that's what makes the National Football League so great and yes to answer your question It's you know, I, I think it's it's incredibly satisfying for everybody involved when you do win a football game because it's, it's, it's hard to win games in the national football league. It's hard.
0: You know, Mike, uh, I know that uh, being up at the booth, it, it, you know, obviously it comes with a lot of, you know, different attentions, so to speak. So, uh, but Joe Barry seems to have, you know, kind of gotten comfortable up there.
4: Yeah. But what, one thing that's weird is, you know, if you watch these games, particularly the prime time games, now they get these cameras up there in the coaches boxes. And so, Somebody said, now that you're up top there, are you ever worried about being on TV during a game?
3: Yeah, I just always, I, I saw what game was I watching. There was one game the other week. God, I think it was the Jets. It might have been Nathaniel. And it literally looked like the camera was right on us. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope that's not, you know, can you like, you know, so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's all good.
0: Mike, uh, always uh, good. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick. We got one more. No, we, let's do yeah, this. We'll yeah, step away. We'll yeah. take a quick. We we do have one more. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. We'll get back to you. We'll round things out with you. Mike Clemens on the, on the line, chatting with us. He's had a he's had a luncheon, but still still coming in, doing the job. Good stuff with Mike Clemens. We got more coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Ho, 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 I need a
0: window. Maybe
2: it's cold outside.
0: So where do I go? Ho, ho! Come
2: on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa! Plus, our elves install year-round, and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not
1: make a New Year's resolution today?
2: That's the spirit, Santa! hell no Pay later! Oh. Absolutely! Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See sure
3: showroom for details. Offer ends 1231. gets the quarterbacks going big for them. Like I mentioned yesterday, Spags does an unbelievable job of giving you some tough looks from an offensive perspective. They do a really good job of keeping a lid on the secondary and not allowing a bunch of explosive plays.
0: Welcome back. Packers getting ready to take on the Chiefs coming up on Sunday night at Lambeau Field. Sunday night football will be in the house. And a lot of excitement for this game on, uh, really, for both fan bases. Packers looking to extend what they did in Detroit and to win yet again to keep their name relevant when it comes to the postseason. Meanwhile, Kansas City, they're looking to uh, keep pace with the top-notch with the Ravens, really, over there in the AFC. So, a lot riding on this contest this coming weekend. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. and Mike, this is uh, kind of a a coming-home party, if you will, a little bit for Andy Reid, too, isn't it?
4: Bill, in 1999, when Holmgren went out to the Seattle Seahawks, what if the Packers had said, hey, wait, this young quarterback coach is pretty good. What if they'd hired Andy Reid instead of letting him get out the door and take over the Eagles and turn around that program instead of hiring Ray Rhodes? What had, Maybe yeah. Brett Favre would have gotten back to that second Super Bowl, right? So Andy Reid comes back to Green Bay, and he got a lot of questions this week about, because they know this guy's going to the Hall of Fame now. And, and I said to him, hey, Andy, so so Mike Holmgren's at BYU and uh, and on his way to the 49ers and then coming to Green Bay, and he called you down to Missouri offensive line coach and, and brought you to Green Bay. How'd that happen? Yeah, so, you know, he, it, I mean, this is corny, but he had made – he said, I promise you I'm going to hire you someday. And so he did. You know, he, well, it was a good opportunity. I mean, I – I still, I mean, i worked for Mike Holmgren for the seven years, and I had a hard time believing anybody did it better, and I still feel that way. So he, he was a great head football coach, a great offensive mind. So I uh, was very fortunate to get into that situation. I knew him from BYU and uh, where he was coaching the quarterback. So professionally, it was easy. Personally, it was tough because of the relationships I had with the Missouri
0: staff. So uh, it's going to be a kind of a homecoming for Andy. It's going to be the first time that uh, Patrick Mahomes has ever played at Lambeau Field. And apparently your connection out in Hollywood says that all the reporters from everywhere are coming to Lambeau Field on Sunday night as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike.
4: Turns out the paparazzi have these agencies, just like subscriptions, you know, like news services. And he said, absolutely. <laughs> They're going to be out there all over Austin straubel Airport, Lambeau Field waiting for Taylor Swift to arrive, take pictures of that, you know, and and, and make it all the, the big story that it'll be because it, it gets ratings, it gets eyeballs. Hey, uh, hey, Mark, say hi to Bill. Say hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. There you go. Mark. That's Mark. He, we're on the air. We're, we're, we're doing a show right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real radio, that's amazing. They still do that? Sort of the thing, right? It's still and over there and it still now. sounds good. See, that's the voice <laughs> of American Family Field. We got all the broadcasters. We got Gregory John from your station in Milwaukee, W-O-K-Y, here. Got Marky here, Chris Moore, Dick Halpert. You work with him, right? Yeah,
0: Dick was a great yeah. guy. Not that he's and, dead, and, but he still is.
4: No, and, and here's one more. Steve the Homer True is here. All right, long time. Oh, boy. Good guy here. And he said, what are you doing here? And I said, talking to Bill and kicking your ass. <laughs>
0: I love it. Mike goes to battle even to luncheon. That's awesome. That's great stuff.
4: All right, I'm going to go get another beer. Talk to you later.
0: All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. That's uh, that's the great Mike Clemens, uh, who was not even scheduled to be on the program today. Mike said, "No, nah, I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to go to this uh, luncheon," and not only does Mike, uh, you know, show up, but then he has he has cuts. And he has sound from the locker room that he uses. The guy is always working, always working. Anything else to add to this week, Grant? We've had uh, a run of damn near everything this week. Well, I suppose since Kevin Holden brought it up and you guys mentioned it, Matt LaFleur at his press conference says that
3: he has heard Taylor Swift is coming. That's what he's heard. So, Okay. Um. I, I didn't want to bring it up, but you guys kind of hinted at it in your conversation. Yeah. Clemens is unbelievable. He called me over the break, and I said, oh, hey, Mike, what's up? You want a, something to pass along to Bill? Goes, oh, no, I sent audio for two segments, standing by, ready to go. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> all right.
0: Mike, I told you this at the beginning of the week. Mike came to my house, and unexpectedly, and Mike came in, starts to look around. He's, he's looking at all the Christmas decorations. He never sat down. So I think the whole time he's just going to be in and out. And he said, yeah, I got to get going. An hour later, Mike says, I guess I better get going. So just out of the blue, man. Midwestern. Out of the blue. Yep. Got to make time. Got to make time. Uh, a reminder, we're going to be at Burkle's one block over coming up on Sunday night, immediately following Kansas City and Green Bay and the contest that is at Lambeau Field. Sunday night football coming up and uh, it should be, a, should be a blast. I'm hoping for the best for the Green Bay Packers. We'll be talking about maybe uh, – some sort of uh, a heightened awareness of the postseason coming out of this game on Sunday night, uh, in one way, shape, or form. I don't, I'm not even saying if the Packers win, have to win for that to happen, but just to play some good football. So that's what we're kind of hoping for. Uh, you got Bucks basketball this weekend, the big one. College basketball, Marquette traveling to the Kohl Center coming up tomorrow. You got a lot of you got uh, Washington and Oregon coming up tonight in the Pac-12 Conference Finals. You've also got all of the other conference finals going on tomorrow. So a good weekend for college football. Then you got a lot of NFL stuff going on on Sunday leading up to the Sunday night contest between the Packers and the Chiefs. And then we're going to be right back here talking about it after the game, immediately following the game. We'll be at Burkle's one block over, come by and say hi, and then back here on Monday. (claps) Hell of a week! Hell of a week! And my God, Jerry Kramer was good. If you want to go back and listen to 30 minutes of Jerry Kramer hanging out with us today... You can find it on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts as well. And don't forget you can always find the program and re-watch it over on YouTube. Thanks to everybody for participating. Time for us to get out of here. Have a go. <laughs>